0: Aloha and welcome to another special segment of the Ohana Stories podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun, and today we're in San Juan Capistrano and we're speaking with Agnes Swanson, Chief Development Officer for the Shea Center for Therapeutic Writing. Agnes and I have known each other for many years and we've had so many interesting conversations and interactions. We have a lot of friends and public agencies in common, and I wanted to hear from her about some of the incredible and important work that the Shea Center is doing for the community. So let's welcome Agnes Swanson. Well, Agnes, thanks so much for joining the podcast. I've been excited about this segment for months.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Ross.
0: (laughs) And I always start off, First of all, committing to keeping this to 30 minutes, but with you and I, no conversation is 30 minutes long, (laughs) so I'm going to do my very best, and I'm looking at the clock, but I I always want to start off by asking my guests, do you remember how we first met or how we first started interacting, and so I'm going to ask you, and I think you're going to have to think a a couple years back, but do you recall how we first met?
1: Uh, I do. I just remember my daughter working on a community event with both cities of Laguna Niguel and Aliso, and she came home raving about how supportive and wonderful you were to work with, and uh, you helped uh, open a lot of doors for her and uh, making the event great. And then fast forward, now that I'm at the Shea Center, I think we first interacted with our um, OC Fire Authority event, and I think I gave you a call and said, hey, I see you're involved with
0: OCFA. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And in fact, I, I have to say, so much, so much of the community activities that I'm involved with uh, really do in, in, uh, interact with and involve and engage with young people. Mm-hmm. And so I was really excited to be able to work with your daughter and her friends. And the the best part about working on that event was the dedication that everybody had to making sure that everyone who attended or uh, viewed the event was safe. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we were talking about with the uh, Orange County Sheriff's Department, the uh, Chief of Police Services in Laguna Niguel, and in Eliso Viejo. And and your daughter and her group uh, were very conscious of safety and also very conscious of community engagement, finding a way to get an important message out to as many people as possible while maintaining a very calm environment and i'll tell you what when in a, when an a, a, uh, event takes place uh, out in the public out on a street or on a street corner it's everybody's responsibility to stay safe and so that's why i i was so impressed with that activity and also with your uh your, your daughter's dedication to public safety. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. will say again, as I always do, make sure she knows how much I appreciated her, her, her work in mm-hmm. that area.
1: Will do. And,
0: and so you mentioned the Orange County Fire Authority, and that's one of many interactions we've had. Uh, we, we seem to have, I can't remember how <laughs> many contacts in common, but one time we were going through our phones and it was over 80. Um, but but the Orange County Fire Authority is a, is a really great place to start um, because I serve on that board of directors, but I was aware of all of the good work that you're doing here at the Shea Center, not because of my position with the OCFA, but because my son and I were down here years ago and uh, we were looking for uh, an activity that provided uh, mental health and behavioral health support and therapy and uh, equine therapy is uh, was a new concept to us, mm. and so we came down here. We came down here when you were closed, and uh, we walked around the property. We didn't hop didn't any fences. In. No, okay. no, no, no fence <laughs> jumping. But we did walk around, and we encountered someone who was exercising a horse, okay. and she actually came over to the fence and talked to us about what you do here, Aww. and it was such a, a great experience and a great encounter. That Shea has always been on my mind and in the back of my mind, especially with the interest that I've had in adolescent mental health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So fast forward to when you did call me, <laughs> uh, I thought there's got to be something that I can do to help the Shea Center out because I know how important your work is. And that was even before I was aware of how much you do. Mm. Yeah. So the the idea of working with the Orange County Fire Authority that came out of a particular incident. Right. And and maybe you can talk a little bit about that because because yeah. I, I think that that the public is will be fascinated to, to learn how this this works and how uh, you were able to support the, the firefighters.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, so it was actually one of our horses. Uh, we have a, tra- a trail in the back of our property and the horse was being uh, walked on a trail and the horse got into some trouble, had a, a bird poke his eye and he got real spooked. And our rider, who's a staff person, who happens to be uh, Sarah Booth, our communications director, she was the rider, dismounted uh, safely, thank goodness, um, but the horse bolted. And um, that was definitely the right thing for her to do, but he got himself stuck upside down uh, in kind of a cement um, ravine and couldn't get out. And so OCFA came to the rescue, literally, and lifted Chaco out of there safely and Chaco survived and went on to serve with us for another three or four years. And uh, so we got to know, of course, Shay has exceptional hospitality and we were so grateful to OCFA. We had them back to celebrate and to just thank them. Well, we got to learn a little bit about how they typically get trained on large animal rescue. And we found out that when they get their training they use a dummy animal a fake animal so we got to thinking wow wouldn't it be great if we could serve OCFA and give something back to them so we offered to conduct a training for the firefighters on large animals and how to work with large animals in a crisis situation like that and um, the first year we did it I think we had about a hundred Firefighters, and last year we had over 100, and we are we already have it planned for this year. So we're so excited to have that relationship with with the organization, and now they really see that training as a standard practice, something that they're really committed to. So, and um, fast forward, we just had another rescue, not our horse, another one in the back that they came and rescued, and they actually ended up using our property and uh, I'll never for to to uh, land the horse safely that horse also survived and um, I'll never forget the moment when they got the horse they laid the horse down and one of the uh, fire captains or one of the leadership bolted right over to our CEO put his arm around her and just said thank you we're doing this so well because of this the training that you've provided or something to that nature we were just so glad that they they um, were able to benefit from the the trainings that we provided
0: so there there are so many aspects to what you just said Agnes and I, and I, I don't want to forget to touch on any of these but first of all the 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 idea that an animal the size of, of Chaco can land in a concrete, culvert like that upside down mm-hmm. uh, just uh, uh, trying to imagine how to rescue an upside down horse first of all how much does a horse weigh that uh, of Chaco's size
1: oh gosh tons but, yes yeah and
0: and and so this this horse uh, this beautiful animal is upside down in a concrete cul- culvert and so I think that probably most people don't realize this I didn't realize this uh, we're down in San Juan Capistrano and I did not know that large animal rescue was something that comes up that's an actual thing yeah. that the fire authority trains for, mm-hmm. even with the the, the the mannequin horse. So large animal rescue uh, is an important part of what the OCFA is able to train for and, um, and execute. But without the guidance of, of the Shea Center and all of your... Training and your experts, volunteers and trained staff, um, they uh, could not effectively and successfully rescue the the animals that they do, and and those rescues made national news. In fact, they're yeah. still on YouTube.
1: International. The ses- the second one um, was on the BBC. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, because they got uh, the OCFA got some amazing. But we all got great footage of it you know and i think what it did was just take what they already knew to kind of another level now the firefighters get to interact with a real animal they get to have a sense of um, controlling the animal and developing a connection so it's it's just kind of taking what they had to the next level which is really uh, great so we're really committed to it and we just have forged a wonderful relationship with OCFA, and we're very proud about that.
0: So I had the pleasure of attending one of the trainings last year. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you're right. It, it's an amazing sight to see a dozen uh, at least fire fire engines parked here <laughs> yeah. with all the firefighters that came for the training. And then to see everybody lined up and, and getting the briefing um, from the staff, from your CEO even, mm-hmm. and watching the exercise, uh, practices with the horses. But I'll, I'll tell you what really got me. Um, I was standing with the firefighters, a whole line of, um, 80 or a hundred of, of these firefighters and, and somebody, uh, on the staff said, well, before we start, let me just ask how many, how many of you have interacted with a horse before? Mm-hmm. And I leaned down and looked and literally no one had, none of the firefighters had. So so that introduction to walking with a horse and guiding a horse and understanding the horse's temperament and fears mm-hmm. um, was so critical. And And to see that starting from ground zero and then see that these firefighters are getting this important lesson and and this experience, it was it wasn't just heartwarming, but it was a relief to know that they have access to that type of professional training, mm-hmm. and right. I you know to see as a board member to see how many firefighters wanted to come yes. and take part yeah. in this. Was incredible.
1: Oh, they said they had an excellent response rate. Yes, yes. Compared to their other trainings, apparently, so we were glad to hear that. We just, yeah, the 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 image of the firefighters, the trucks, and the horses—it's you kind of get the chills. It's so, it's very powerful.
0: And I was talking to one of the firefighters, and I said, "Well, have have you thought about this training before?" And his response was, well, no, we never really thought we needed this sc- because we've got that horse we train with. Right. And I said, you've, you've got an actual horse? And he goes, well, no, it's the mannequin. <laughs> it's the mannequin. But it's heavy like a horse. Uh, yes,
1: it does. And, it replicates the weight. And I think that's
0: it. And that's it. A, that's yeah. it. And, and the general shape of a horse. Yeah. So they understand how to put the, the, the harness on and right. lift it with the helicopter. Right. But every other aspect, the dynamics of a live animal, a live animal who's scared, mm-hmm. um, there's no way to prepare for that with that mm-hmm. with a artificial horse,
1: right? Right. And mm-hmm.
0: that that was so exciting for me to see. Well, first of all, because you see these firefighters who are risking their lives every day, right? And stepping into the arena with these very large animals, but I do like the way you have smaller horses too that you let people start with. Yeah. Um, to see them step into that arena and un- understand that they don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and go from that point to the point where they're comfortable guiding the horse and petting the horse. And, and, and I even learned a lot about animal behavior from listening to that, to that talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's an incredibly valuable lesson that needs to continue Mm -hmm. from this point forward Mm -hmm. as new firefighters come on or new responsibilities come on at the OCFA, I think. And it doesn't even have to be the firefighters who are just located, like in uh, San Juan Capistrano or Yorba Linda or uh, or Villa Park, where there are uh, horse communities Mm -hmm. because they can be called at any time to any one of these adjacent cities.
1: Right, right. Yeah, the visual of the horse being uh, this – both of them but this last one that happened I was here I got to see it of them landing the horse you know the horse had a twilight sedation he was you know very still it was like they were landing uh, you know a feather Mm -hmm. the way that they so gently uh laid that horse down it was just so powerful so yeah you can find it on the Internet, Chase Center, Horse Rescue, BBC. Okay.
0: <laughs> I will definitely look for that because I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see. But thank you so much, Ross, for your support. You've been a great liaison for us and uh, such a good advocate uh, for not just the work we do with OCFA, but all the other things that we do.
0: Well, and and that's sort of leading into my next question and comment because uh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate the opportunity to work with you and to work with the OCFA, uh, especially because, you know, as I said, my family was looking into your services yes. and, um, and your guidance. Um, but then a, and in serving on the OCFA board, I've had the opportunity for even more interaction, even today. And to get to see what you're doing with young people. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with uh, the, the, the classes that you have and the, the experiences that you provide for young people. But I also don't want to forget about your volunteer opportunities. Yeah. So first of all, let's start, let's start off with what we were just looking at today. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and so what I saw with young people and with volunteers and staff being guided around the... the, the arena. It, is it an arena? Yeah. I was gonna call it a corral, but I yeah, don't think arena. it's a corral. Okay, uh-huh. the arena and so much space that's available, but also this un, uh, unusual and incredible experience. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about, about the, that program yeah. and what you're doing.
1: Well, um, we are the largest therapeutic riding center in the nation. And so that just means we are serving more clients than any other center. And there are centers all across, um, all across the United States and around the world. But the crux of what we're doing is hippotherapy. Uh, hippo is the Greek word for horse oh. and, um, it basically means that we're using, um, the horse as a tool for a physical therapy, occupational therapy, and even speech therapy because the gait of the horse is almost exactly the same as a human. So it replicates the movement that we need for someone to get better posture, better core strength, better balance, things like that. Um, so, uh, we have doctors of physical therapy, therapy occupational therapy here on staff and expert speech therapists Um, and then of course we can't do what we do without volunteers about 80 percent 75 to 80 percent of our clients are children and we have served a lot of our children our children with autism we also serve some of our top diagnoses include down syndrome cerebral palsy uh, developmental delay and even PTSD is one of our top diagnoses now, and I'll speak a minute in a little bit about what we do with our military and our and our veterans. Um, but in any given scenario, a client could be paired with, um, like I said, a doctor of occupational therapy, for example, um, and then there will be a, an expert horse person controlling the horse from the back and then uh, driving the horse. And then there would typically be one or even sometimes two volunteers. Wow. So we have about 700 volunteers here at the Shea Center. We're always looking for wow. more.
0: That is an army of volunteers. Yeah,
1: we'll have about two to 300 every week. And it's a pretty neat uh, commitment. We've had volunteers stick with us for decades. Uh, you actually almost had a chance to introduce you to her. We have a woman here who 's volunteered for over twenty five years Wow yeah so um, yeah it 's a very simple training it 's two one hour trainings to become a, what we call a sidewalker and then there 's advanced opportunities as well so and then you 're committed to one session a week, which is um, takes about an hour so Um, Lots of, we can't do what we do without volunteers. We're very reliant, not just in the arena, but also our board, our committees for our fundraising activities and things like that. Um, So I think I mentioned to you earlier, we served 75 different diagnoses last year. That's
0: incredible. So
1: pretty much any challenging physical, mental um, uh, challenge that a family is dealing with, they can probably get some help here. Um, we have clients who've been here for years, we have volunteers who've been here for years, and staff. Uh, and this year we're, we're celebrating our 46th anniversary. So wow. we've been, we're really an institution. Uh, more and more people are learning about us um, as we spread the word. Um, but it's, it's a, and as you can tell when you walk, when you came to and peeked your head in yes. that time with your son. It's a very spiritual place. Mm-hmm. There's a very mm-hmm. special feeling here um, because there's really miracles happening all the time. We have a lot of first words that happen, a lot of first steps. Um, and each, each client is, has their own personal goals. Um, many of uh, these goals are just dependent on what their objective is. It could be that the parents are wanting that child to be able to get dressed um, or brush their teeth. Um, okay. Or whatever whatever their fit or have uh, or walk better or be stronger have better core strength um, trunk strength um, you know I, I've seen clients where they they start and they can barely lift their head and they're in a wheelchair and within you know a session or two they're sitting up straighter that strength um, comes along with um, the expertise of our professionals so it's it's an amazing place. It really, it, it really is. It is, and your
0: clients are of all ages. Yeah,
1: our youngest is, is too, and our oldest is uh, going to be ni- either 90 or going to be 90.
0: That's, that's amazing. I saw some of the, the, the younger clients... And I saw some of the older young adult clients yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but what I also experienced, and I don't, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but uh, yeah. sometime last year when I was down here for, uh, I can't remember what, but I actually walked in with some volunteers and I recognized that the, the volunteer opportunity is also therapeutic. Oh, yes. you give volunteers an experience that is therapeutic for them as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. I'm so glad you brought that up. Recently, I um, was introduced to um, a woman who works at the school next door, and she grabbed me, and she just said, I just want to thank you. And I said, why? I want to thank – she said, I want to thank the Shea Center. You saved my – my daughter. And I said, wow, was she a client? And she said, no, she was a volunteer mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she was a teenager really going down the wrong path and had a lot of depression herself and anxiety and coming here just changed everything. For yes. Her. So yeah, the commitment of the volunteers and the impact uh, this place makes on them and the staff, by the way, um, uh, yes. it's just super power, very powerful. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and you mentioned the staff, I'm amazed at how many, uh, uh, young people that work here came from my neck of the woods and graduated <laughs> from Elisa Niguel High School. Well, I think that's I had terrific. I sure you met the
1: Elisa Niguel High School uh, alumni. We happen to have two on our development team, Gracie Fleischman and uh, Christiana Gingras, and uh, both of them are just, it's great to have the younger generation as part of our team and helping with our, you know, helping us know how to do things that will hit their generation you well know? <laughs> you're certainly
0: doing that and now that you mentioned that last name Gingrass, i have to ask her at some point because we always talk about families and family relationships and connections that we have mm-hmm. made on this podcast yeah and i, I you know i had a friend When I was five and his last name was Gingrass and I've got to find out if there's some sort of relationship, it may be a grandfather, which would make me a little sad that that's (laughs) not, but, um, so I'll have to ask that later. Um, but I, I see so much happening here that it's impossible to condense it down into a 30 minute conversation and the the few photos that we're able to put on Spotify. But I, I, So I wanna ask about what you're doing in the future so we can fit in and kind of uh, close the loop on this because I've seen some great things in the past, I've experienced some great things right now, but I also know that you've got some incredible things coming up for you, events, fundraising opportunities, uh, and training opportunities like what you're doing for for the uh, orange county fire authority yeah. and also that connection that you have with military so i want to if we can fit that in okay. i would love to hear about that
1: yeah let's touch on our military program because that's such a powerful um i think it, it's one of the most important things that we do and uh we've been working um with our veterans and um and we, we work with the Orange County Veterans Administration, and they will bring their vets here, and then we provide the horses and our uh, team to give them an equine experience, um, and it's really from more of, it's really a mental health um, experience. And um, so they're using the tool, the horse as the modality or the tool um, for the veterans to Uh, connect with each other, connect with the horse, they use the same horse um, throughout the entire session Um, and they get to see, they get to use the horse as a mirror because really the horse acts as a mirror to your emotions and um, we have, over the years, we have received unsolicited um, love letters per se from veterans who have said this program has allowed me to see my impact on other people. It has uh, helped me with my relationships. It has helped me go back to work. Um, One in particular, I remember he shared with us that he hadn't spoken with his daughter for over a decade and uh, this helped him with his, you know, a lot of his personal relationships. And the therapist um, who we work with has told us if he had the chance to primarily use this modality, uh, he would because it works so much quicker uh, than EMDR or the other uh, modalities that he uses. Um, so we're we're thrilled that it's working so well, and because we had so much success working with the veterans um, and helping them with their mental health, we uh also decided and we were responding to a lot of requests from the community we have launched our own equine mental health program uh for the general public and i believe we have over 20 clients already so that's really something that um i think is going to grow more and more some of those clients are our existing clients who have you know have expressed a need to um you know, get help from a mental health perspective. Some of them are people from the outside who've heard, heard about us or through referrals. Um, but those two things I think are things in the future that will continue to grow substantially. And then of course, we are a nonprofit and completely reliant on dollars to exist. Um, this year we have about a $7.2 million budget. Wow. Um, only a very small fraction of our funds, uh, of our budget comes from fees. Uh, almost 90% of our clients receive financial aid and support from us. Um, so we need to raise a lot of money and you know about fundraising. Yes, I do. <laughs> You know all about that. And I think you were kind enough to come to one of our largest fundraisers a couple of years ago, our barbecue. Um, so our barbecue is coming up on September 21st. Oh, okay. We're already selling tables and sponsorships and, um, that that event has been this will be our 47th barbecue so wow. that's been around for a really long time uh, about 1500 people will will take over the our whole site here and we transform this place um the arenas become ballrooms this arena becomes a a family uh fair um a carnival for the kids and we have a VIP lounge with cocktails on the other side of the property, uh, petting zoo. It's just a super fun uh, event and one of our largest uh, fundraising activities. And then we have our gala, which is on June 8th at The Montage. Oh, at so The Montage. Yeah, wow. we don't do that here because yeah. um, the barbecue is sort of like a gala. It's like a gala where you get to wear cowboy boots and bring your kids. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but I, I will say this. I So I was at the barbecue that when, uh, that one year and I was amazed at how many people... Were there that I knew oh, uh, yeah. that that are from the business community, from uh, the elected officials that I interact with, from public agencies, yeah, and just from neighbor. I ran into a neighbor of mine I hadn't seen in over ten years. Oh my goodness! And and so that is an incredible experience also because the the food was wonderful.
1: Oh, I'm uh, glad. But it, it <laughs> was an
0: incredible experience because you were able to convey the importance and the power of the impact you're having in just a few speakers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the best part about it was you announced me as uh, people were riding out on horses, and a lot of people thought that I was on one of the horses because you (laughs) mentioned my name as people were riding out. And everyone afterwards said, oh, my gosh, so which horse were you on? And I said, "I I was eating the brisket over on this other part and I wasn't on a horse. But uh, that was uh, that was a really uh, amazing experience to see so many people learn very quickly how important the Shea Center is for yeah. so many aspects of the community
1: and for so many families. I think one of the highlights of the evening is we have our rider parade of stars, where we have all of our clients parade through the entire ballroom with all of the you know guests and they get dressed up and they wave and we you know have them come out to music and it's just so so powerful clients of all ages it's really really neat so we're excited about uh about that and you know, just there's things happening here all the time. We're really engaged in the community of San Juan. We host the San Juan Chamber here for an event every year. Oh. Okay. Yeah. We have a special thank you donor event every year. We have a volunteer celebration. So we do lots of fun stuff all throughout the year and we're excited about this this coming year.
0: Well and just sitting here and looking out, I I, I, I think there's another Benefit along with all of these incredibly powerful benefits, th- there is the preservation of the open space mm-hmm. because you exist on so much land here. Mm-hmm.
1: Eight acres. Eight acres. Mm-hmm.
0: And looking back to the hills and understanding that you're here and it's a natural environment and you've got these incredible animals here. And yeah. you're also exposing the public to the natural beauty of San Juan Capistrano.
1: Absolutely, I so agree with that. the views, the sweeping views, the ocean breezes—it's—it's um, it's just a really a special place. And twenty-eight horses. <laughs> yes. Helps. And, yeah.
0: And um, amazingly beautiful horses. Yeah. Of all ages and sizes. Yeah. So I think yeah. that that is also something that helps the novice or the inexperienced to realize that there are so many different kinds of horses Mm -hmm. and uh with different needs but also with the ability to provide different support for your clients
1: right so yes exactly each horse uh each client is paired with the horse that makes sense for them emotionally they're uh depending on uh, the size of the horse um you know, we might have a client that we need to be moving faster or getting them um, with a wider gate. Um, just everything is personalized all the way down to the client, the, the uh, therapist, the volunteer. I think one of the best things about being here on site is seeing empty wheelchairs. We're looking out right now onto the patio and these wheelchairs are we have two people in a wheelchair. Uh, who are going to get on horses pretty quick here. And so we're going to see the empty wheelchairs uh, and the empty walkers, which is one of the most powerful visuals for me, for someone to be in a wheelchair most of the day and then be able to get on top of a horse. The power um, and the the empowerment and that feeling um, is just must be just um, amazing. I know how I feel when I get on a horse. And I'm already tall. I'm already (laughs) over everybody else. But um, uh, it's just... It's just a a great place. We're doing just beautiful things.
0: You are. And I I, (laughs) I think that that's the perfect uh, point to end the conversation for now. Okay. Because the conversation will continue as you continue to grow and and to serve the community. But I want to thank you so much, Agnes, for uh, allowing me to come down here. And this is one of the best parts of these podcasts is now I started going on site. uh, Whereas before I was recording them in a studio. And so to get to come down here and experience this and to see you in person again was tremendous. So I want to thank you very much for joining.
1: Thank you so much, Ross. We appreciate you.
0: I want to thank you for joining us for that very special segment of the Ohana Stories podcast. And I hope you'll look forward to some future segments and very important conversations. Mahalo.